Listener. Sucks. <laughs> listener sucks. <laughs> Get fucking wrecked, uh, listener. Fucking annihilated. Find another podcast. Get pissed on. <laughs> Speaking of pissed on, yeah. Scottish people. Scottish history. Scottish history. Let's rock. Ah. Let's just dive into Dude, it. Fuck huh? it. Let's do it. Let's run it. All right. Hey, gang. First of all, welcome back. Episode two. Longtime listeners who's gone through a full season. Wow. A season and another intro. Uh, incredible. Okay. So, yeah. Let's, let's get into this. Scottish history. Scottish history. So, the earliest Scottish inhabitants date back... To the Paleolithic era, the Stone Age, as far back as 10,000 BC, kind of the first documented, recorded, not documented, obviously, um, archaeological find that people were living on the British Isles. We jump fast forward about 7,000 years to around 3,000 BC, and we get to the Neolithic era where archaeologists have found stone tools in use. And so this is kind of the start of civilizations. <laughs> yeah, that's how they Pretty start. Pretty much like every, <laughs> every other civilization. Stone tools. Monkey learns how to be smart. What a yeah. mistake. What a fucking yeah. bad move. So primarily hunter and gathering tools, but they did also find some tools that uh, you could find on like a primitive farm for agriculture. Okay. So some of the land here was uh, sedentary. They could definitely live off the land. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, recorded history. We kind of touched on this in episode one, the fun fact preview. Uh, but the first recorded history of uh, any peoples in Scotland were from Rome. Classic Rome. Classic Rome. So from about the death of Christ to 400 AD, or if you want to be a science guy, CE, Common Era. Have you heard about that? Common Era? Yeah, so it's like... Instead of B.C. and A.D., it's uh, B.C.E. and C.E. Like before Common Era and then the Common Era. Fucking make it more. I, I know, right? So P.C. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So P.C. You mean B.C.E. <laughs> P.C.E. P.C.E. Politically correct era. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> A.D. C.E. Whatever you want to call it, listener. We're not, we're not here to judge you on your faith or... Or traditional values or progressive liberal values. Tumblr following. <laughs> anyway, recorded history starts with Rome. In Britannia, uh, they recorded kind of two groups north of their walls they built for Britannia. There's the Picts, P-I-C-T-S, and the, the Caledonians. Oh. Uh, Roman conquest attempted to essentially corral these people up and you know, <laughs> bring them into the higher society, the higher light of society. But they were just too effing good for these, uh, <laughs> effing. <laughs> okay. But, A very PC of you. Yeah. They were too, <laughs> they were too freaking good. Okay. Now we're a Fortnite okay. channel. Yeah. They, okay. Pretty good. <laughs> they were just, they were elusive. Guerrilla tactics. They fucking pestered Roman soldiers when they tried, when infantry tried to like face them. And these societies um, north of the walls, they were, yeah. uh. They weren't, you know, their own unified group. No. They were numerous they were barbarian. Clans. Yeah, clans. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily barbarian, but that's how the Romans paint them. Just as they painted every enemy ever for the like, Roman yeah, conquest. Anyone who's not Roman yeah. is a barbarian. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's kind of like, essentially that's kind of the beginning history of the Picts. Uh, the first kind of portion of the Highland Scots. Uh, if we go to the Celts... Celts actually don't originate from Scotland. Did you know about this? Uh, 
originate from Celtlandia? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Central <laughs> Europe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Celts date back to around about 1200 BC. Uh, at the end of the Bronze Age, and the ancient Rome, ancient Rome, Caesar, those kind of people, they would call these guys the Gauls. Okay. So if, you, if you're familiar with anything about Julius Caesar's conquest of the Gauls, there's one kind of Gallic king called Vercingetorix, but he was pretty much like King Celt. Uh, he united a bunch of clans to fight against Rome. Okay. And then uh, he got fucked up pretty bad. We can go on a little side tangent here if it, you want. Do it's it. It's pretty awesome. Let's just talk about Caesar it. is just... If you have not researched anything about Julius Caesar's battle tactics, the man was a, a genius. And I Tactical mean a genius. genius. So Vercingetorix, he had this city that he was in. And Caesar decided to march on the city to go and uh, besiege it, basically, to kill Vercingetorix. To Caesar it. Yeah, yeah, to make it his and... You know, pay back all the debts and not try to start civil war, but we'll get into that another episode. <laughs> that's that's for that's for the Roman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Vercingetorix was like holed up in his city, but he called to his clan members that he united. It was all like Caesar's here, bring an army to attack while he's sieging me, so he can't oh, get okay. out. Is Caesar... this the two walls? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Caesar figured this shit out, and he's all like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna ju- I'm gonna get pincered." Psych, bitch, I'm going to build a wall around your city so I can still siege you but fend off from the army that you call. And sure enough, he builds a fucking wall around Vercingetorix's city, <laughs> fends off. The people outside are like, that dude parking is good luck. <laughs> and Vercingetorix is slain. Caesar has, like, won the conquest of wow. the Gauls. Wow, and now, now his new city has an extra wall. <laughs> Imagine upgrading a city yeah. mid-battle. <laughs> Imagine building a wall around a city to begin with. Who the fuck would think about that? This uh, guy. Yeah. Uh, the only battlefield he's lost on is the dinner table. Pretty much, dude. He really, he's got a really impressive track record. He's only lost a couple. I believe he lost a couple in Spain. Now that, I don't know. I'm not going to go into that. I'm not, I'm just a Caesar nerd. I'm not a Caesar, a Caesarian historian. Caesar. <laughs> we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Scotland. Yeah. Anyway, Central Europe has been referred as the Celtic homeland. This is where Celts really started. These kind of clans, and they migrated and diffused both outside and inside the Roman Empire. When Rome kind of took over the Central Europe and Spain region, mm-hmm. by that point, the Celts, the Gauls, had gone from as far as Switzerland all the way down to Spain and Portugal on the uh, Iberian Peninsula. Okay. Uh, the Celts that we're interested in for Scottish history are called the Insular Celts. And these are in kind of the early Iron Ages, the end of the Bronze Age, Britain and Ireland. These Celts moved either, uh, you know, during or with Rome moving and establishing Britannia there. Does that make sense? Was this to avoid Rome? No. So at this point, Rome was, Rome conquered Gaul before, um, I mean, they could have. They de- Okay, let's back up. <laughs> Ask that question one more time. <laughs> the, the Gaul migrations, was yeah. the, were these in an effort to avoid Rome, or is it in unison with it? So, it's unclear. Mm. History can tell us it's probably a combination of both. Okay. Both before Gaul was completely taken over by the Roman Empire, 
Some probably got on boats and said, fuck this noise, we're heading to the British Isles. Whereas others then, under Roman rule, just moved into Britannia as mm. they started building the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how the Celts get to uh, Britannia. I guess Central Europe was getting a little a little too posh for them yeah, as little, Rome expanded. A little too Roman. They're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we need something must else. must be in a truly desperate situation to end up on the British Isles. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> okay, so the Celts, my notes are not very well organized. Are they not? They're, they're chronological, but they're just not organized. <laughs> I just kind of wrote what I, I found interesting. Oh, okay, here we go. So they likely arrived in the Roman period en masse, kind of with Rome. Generations have passed, and Gauls have more or less become more Roman than Gaul, uh. Uh, more Roman than Celt, and so they move up to Britannia. Now, the debate as far as Celtics, uh, Celts uh, mingling with the Picts, and kind of diffusing this new Celtic Scottish culture, mm -hmm. uh, it's up for debate whether this was invasion forces like waves of invasion forces of celts coming in or if it was more just a natural diffusion uh the most contemporary historical theory about this is that it was just a natural diffusion over many generations celtic culture and pict culture just happened to kind of mesh it just worked well enough yeah, together exactly i mean generationally speaking yes yeah. yeah okay so then we move well you had something for about 500 a.d right about King Fergus. Yes, King Fergus, and this is the uh, yes. Yeah, so this this is a source comes around tenth century, and it this states that the Gaels came from Ireland and did conquer mm -hmm. the Picts. Interesting. And yeah. that was under King King Fergus, King Fergus More. Mm -hmm. They invaded the. So it was invaded, and the Gaelic kingdom within it, Dalriata, is like their main yes. fort. Mm -hmm. that's the one and that was like the main that implies that there was sort of an invasion force yeah there um yeah kind of a, a headquarters for yeah like for a, Gaelic. An, a, a tactical headquarters mm -hmm. since it is intentionally and highly defensible mm -hmm. um it's on it's like a, it's known as a hill fortress and like the sh shitty shantily ass rocky outcrop it kind of reminds me of um look at pictures you guys watch game of thrones it's like a storm's end kind of gotcha Vine. Rocky, rocky terrain. It's like storms and fuck cool. the veil. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's kind of nice. what that is, and that implies the the invasion. Um, yeah. Because listen sure. to episode one. That evidence suggests otherwise. Yep. That they had been there prior to it, and that's what the architecture suggests. So then, then it sort of comes into contention. Like, was Dalrada made to combat the Picts, mm -hmm. as Ferguson Moore puts it, or was it a combination of the two to combat or maybe Brits, Romans? Something like that. Could very well be. Could just yes. be a war on all fronts moving from Ireland yeah. to... And again, it was a clan land. culture mm -hmm. prior to, during, and after Roman occupation. Yeah. So I For think hundreds of years. Hundreds centuries. of years. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. Too. Yeah. Big, big clan culture. That, that sort of implies that there was just a need. Cool. Well, if you fast forward a couple hundred more years to around 800 AD slash Common Era, <laughs> this is when Vikings from Norway and Denmark Cross the North Sea to live a better life. <laughs> <laughs> live a better, big quotation yeah. marks. Now, there are some misconceptions about Vikings. Not all of them were raiders and pillagers. The word Viking actually means to kind of go on a trading expedition. Mm. So they would, because they were expert seafarers, they could go across seas, down rivers and everything. 
um, and then they would trade with whatever cultures they came into contact with and bring them back to the homeland or settle there and kind of just live out their life in warmer conditions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More Viking, survivable conditions. It's also a term. I've seen it uh, used as an adjective as well yeah. in the dialect is to go a Viking. Yeah. Which is like to go out on, uh-huh. on we're the going a Viking quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going a Viking. And it's believed that the activity, the actual plundering Viking you know, activities that ensued were sort of a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. Again, that's Scandinavian, Norwegian territory. It's not very arable for farming. <laughs> At all. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they had their fishing, they had their trading in the summer. And then in the winter, yeah, they're going to come down, uh, you know, live warmer lives. But yeah. you know, they also don't have anything to trade now because they got jack shit up there to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to do anymore. So that's where a lot of the, the plundering archetype comes. Sure. Like, but it's really like a seasonal activity. Yeah. It's more out of like desperation too. Yeah. Than just like for fun. <laughs> it's more of a necessity. Yeah. Absolutely. And they knew how to make it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so. English and French farms kind of <laughs> were their farms. They just cultivated it in a different way. Yeah. They'd go to some little. Uh, they cultivated the wives, the daughters, <laughs> the crops. Yeah. The people. They kind of. Uh, they, they'd reap it just enough. They'd leave enough people there that they can grow yeah. them more crops by the next season. Boom. And then they're back. Yeah. They go to their little priory. Priory, I priory. think is the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might kick the shit out of this monk and take. 75% oh, of his yeah, winter bro. stores, but... Oh, churches had lots of wealth. <laughs> yeah, oh, they'll leave him just enough to, you know, have a really shitty winter and grow him some more by next fall. Yeah. <laughs> and then back at it, like clockwork. It's like your neighbor yeah. coming over asking for sugar. <laughs> Only got a big-ass relax. <laughs> Except for sugar. <laughs> yeah, he's just asking for your household goods. Yeah. <laughs> All your valuables. Your eldest son. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as, I mean... <laughs> Scotland kind of became a, uh, <laughs> a melting pot of many, many different northern pot. cultures. Of everyone Rome didn't want around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Now, keep in mind, too, this is about 400 years after Rome kind of collapsed, more or less, and it just mm. kind of started to slowly shift into, like, Dark Ages and, and this is early more medieval England. Like, Holy Roman Empire, where the expansion was less Roman conquest and more the spread of Christianity itself, yes. those two kind of became... Evangelization. Yeah, mm-hmm. one. Absolutely. And yeah, sure enough, I mean, we, we can touch on it in the culture, especially, but kind of the influence of Christianity and Catholicism on Celts, kind of like, you know, the Celtic cross and yeah. things like these. These were all closely tied to Christianity. Yeah. Well, um, you had the monks yeah. back in the day, they're going through the calendar, looking at all the holidays and just mm-hmm. like slapping a Christian stamp on it. Exactly. <laughs> just kind of rebranding yeah. it. And when we get to the Celtic, we'll talk about this more, but... Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. When we, we'll get into this more in like the Kelpie episode. But what's nice about the Kelpie is that it could turn into a human. Uh, it's varied from clan to clan. But some, some variations have it that the human would still have hoofed feet. Yes, they'd just, like hide it in the water or yeah, exactly. put some reeds over it. Yeah, kind of just like another hoofed-footed malicious figure in Christian mythology. Mm, the shape-shifting trickster figure in Christian mythology. Oh, who with, could it be? Who could it be? So it almost mm. it was almost just a, a very complimentary fit that Celts and Christianity would kind of come together. <laughs> Some of that undoubtedly is by force, and we'll get into that. Yeah, but for a lot of yeah. the early Holy Rome, like pre-Charlemagne, yeah. um, and before they actually had united, like the Germanic tribes and a lot of other. Mm-hmm. A lot of other cultures to be able to exert that force again as they did in the previous era. It really was, um, it was like a, a very amicable conversion. I think they were just kind of making shit up as they went along. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm um, with you. And when they just go around, they're like, oh, this is your thing? What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> Jesus did the same. Oh they're like my writing God. it. I think they, they left. This the... can't be coincidence. <laughs> this has to be the work of God. They left They left Rome with like a half-written Bible, and they just kind of fill it in <laughs> as they went. Yeah, as they with Whatever around. will appeal to the, to the current, <laughs> whatever area they're in. Incredible. They're like, whoa! <laughs> if you guys ever get into like Pope history... I call oh. popes the popid masters. They just like gunga ginga Europe. Oh, so much. For sure. The Pope was the real king. Oh, yeah. What he did to Charlemagne. Although, have you heard the theory that the Middle Ages never existed? Vaguely. Rome, I don't know if I believe that. Rome collapsed, the church took over, and they just made up all these historic figures, Charlemagne, all this. And then they just sent out books of medieval history oh, and how weird. the church brought it together. Nobody could fucking oh, read. Weird. So nobody contested it. They're like, oh, I guess this was just happening. Huh. It's one. plausible, I guess, you know, in that that's, sense. That's one theory. That's creepy. But the standard, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the amount of literature they would have to... That has to be... That would have to be such an immense project. It would have to be like the start of the Illuminati or some shit. <laughs> the start of the Templars. Start the Assassin's the Creed franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting uh, an interesting thought. What interests me about the Middle Ages... I think it, I think it did happen. But that is a cool conspiracy. But the dialect was a lot different. I, d I just can't visualize the jump from pre-medieval dialect to common. Renaissance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, they are vastly different. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there would have to be some sort of natural evolution through that. But, I mean, the church definitely had power. I oh, guess yeah. they definitely, they probably could have. If anyone could pull it off, it's the Catholic Church. But yeah, I don't, I don't sure. think it actually happened. That's neither here nor there. You make up your own <laughs> you, you decisions. Off this trustworthy source, yeah. this history podcast that just <laughs> implied that the Middle Ages never existed. Yeah. You know, you come to your own conclusions. Exactly. Let's get back to the timeline, shall we? Yeah. We're going a couple hundred years in the future, 1040 to 1057. You know what happened then? Probably a shitty time. Macbeth. Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the Scottish history website. <laughs> They're like, Shakespeare's, Macbeth was immortalized in Shakespeare's masterpiece. <laughs> um, and so he actually, Macbeth was a real character. Now, obviously, what happened in the, the play is a bit exaggerated. A little exaggerated. It's kind of like, any, a, little. It's like a, a small town USA, and they have one sort of defining feature that they yeah. just kind of milk. Mm -hmm. That's, That's Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> Macbeth and William Wallace for Scotland. Macbeth is like the, uh, it's like the aliens in Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Just, there's no other reason to talk about no. the place. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he was a real king. He ruled as king of Alba. So the kingdom of Alba is a kind of significant force in the, I guess this would be around the 11th to, I want to say upwards towards like the fifth or the 17th century. 11th to 17th century, like the Kingdom of Alba was kind of, that was that was the Scottish castles, king's feudal oh. system. We'll get into that more. So actually, oh, no, no, that is probably You fucked Alba? No, no. Did, so did Macbeth is kind of the start of the feudal system of Scotland. Macbeth <laughs> lasted 17 years, um, and similar to the end of the play, he actually did die in battle. Every man's dream, honestly. Yeah. Half a century later, we get to the 1100s, and this is where Scotland really goes feudal. I mean, like, really. Uh, but it's good, too. They kind of have their, um, well, trade was extremely uh, resourceful. This was kind of like the peace period for Scotland, relative peace. Not so much war and conflict. Uh, everything was kind of chill. Uh, Scotland also went into continental trading, so they traded with the rest of Europe. Uh, and this gave them lots of wealth 
and essentially just kind of made it a golden age for Scotland. Then we get uh, into 1297, to be specific. Uh, late kind 1200s. Of, this is post-death of Alexander III and exactly. the Maid of Norway. Yeah, so the... Yeah, this is actually right right at the death of Alexander III. Alexander III was like the last major Scottish king. Like single figurehead, yeah. really. There was an issue, though. There was no line of succession. I believe Alexander it was III. 14 potential successors. Yes. Too many. Too many. That's um, about 13 too many for feudal Scotland <laughs> exactly. to come to a decision. <laughs> so... Um, the succession crisis kind of threw Scotland into a bit of a disarray. And while this was happening, good old Edward I of England was all like, you know what? This shit, this north country, mm, this shit bussin'. I think I'm going to lay claim to the throne, too. <laughs> Fuck it. Put my hat in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> so, he did. <laughs> so he did. So England now is like, you know what? I'm going to unite the entire country. Good old King Edward I. He wants to be the overlord of Scotland and Great Britain. And so he starts moving troops and besieging, um, besieging Scotland castles and towns and, you know, war. He's basically starting a war. He just started a war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where we learn of the great and valiant William Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> whose arms were as tall and as thick as three trunks. What's your, what's your sighted source on that? <laughs> <laughs> William Wallace. <laughs> William Wallace. <laughs> Dude, he was a big guy. <laughs> okay, William Wallace, truly the archetypal warrior you want in your, your story, in your history. Fought for Scottish independence against King Edward. I believe the first, I don't remember if he also fought against the second, Edward the first and second. Uh, they're called unification wars, it's plural. Yeah, so, yeah. Know, so it might be through lineage. One may assume. Yeah, the but wars anyway, William Wallace That's really it. kind of got his, his claim to fame. It was called the Battle at Stirling Bridge. So basically, England was crossing a river, Stirling Bridge, kind of crossing over this bridge. William Wallace and all his, all his goons, all his Scottish goons. The boys. <laughs> they attacked him the uh, and like fucked him up bad. The, the British had to retreat. And that's kind of, that solidified William Wallace in history as kind of like a man truly fighting for freedom and independence. Is this, is this who Highlander is based on or no? Yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's there's this movie called Braveheart, and it stars um, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, pre-racist era. P R E. P R E. But it's it's the uh, dramatic retelling of the life of William Wallace. Ah. And sure enough, he he died. He could have repented and lived had he um, uh, exclaimed that King Edward was the rightful heir to the Scottish King throne. King Edward. Hammer of the Scots. Um, yeah, but he said, fuck that, no. Scotland is free, not under uh, English control. Basically. And they executed him for it. What a guy. What a I, guy. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, this goes on for a couple hundred years. It's not until 1603 that King James VI, quote-unquote, united <laughs> Britain and Scotland. United. Yeah, and this is where it gets the name the United Kingdom, the UK uh, from. So that sounds United pretty similar to last season's the United States. Exactly. <laughs> United. United. Together. Everyone is together. Happily. Yeah. People, Scot Scotland did not like this. They like their independence, and can you really blame them? <laughs> this is literally like, this is like the peak, <laughs> maybe not peak, but it's definitely on the run-up to like 
complete British imperialism of literally every country they can fucking find and navigate to. Uh, I mean, have so, you been to Britain? It's... <laughs> I, I try and get elsewhere as soon as possible as well. <laughs> but this is the thing. They just carry their culture to these places and call it enlightenment. <laughs> you do what you must. I, I fucking guess. Gotta get that motherfucking bag. Gotta get yeah. that tea bag. Oh, uh, classic. Uh, okay, so King James, he, he became known as King James the Sixth and First. Oh. <laughs> the first James to rule Scotland, but the sixth in his line for Britain. Fun That's fact. easy. Nice. Yeah. Just just James the in Sixth. In an era where maybe five percent of the people could read, I'm sure that, that yeah. didn't cause any confusion. No, none whatsoever. Uh, okay, and this this event where he united these two nations is called the Union of Crowns. Uh, about a hundred years pass <laughs> and now the Scots are getting some rights. <laughs> 1707. They're really on the fast track then. Yeah. I mean, ask any ask ask any minority in the Americas. Ask any Native Americans. <laughs> still kind of working on that. Yikes. 1707, the Act of Union brought Parliament of the United Kingdom of Great Britain. So Parliament didn't exist until this point, and Parliament was basically designed to let Scotland voice their concerns on top of the government of Great Britain. Some representation in addition to their taxation. Exactly. Hmm. Still weren't really getting any rights. Still really. It's, it's kind of like a... Still kind of getting shit on. It's like a Chinese parliament. Like a modern day Chinese <laughs> one. Where like, you could yeah. say something, but... Yeah, your social credit is uh, your heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, 1746 comes around. And this is like the final Scottish rebellion. It is the Battle of Culloden. Uh, and if you're familiar, if you've ever seen the show Outlander... Have you seen that show? Um, no, I've seen a commercial oh. of it. I thought it was about time travel. It is. This lady time travels basically like to a couple of years before the Battle of Culloden into like Scotland and kind of like the guerrilla warfare of Scots versus the English. Um, is she able to time travel anywhere? And she just no, she, chooses. Okay. She okay. So the <laughs> the premise of this show, she basically her and her husband. It's like World War Two. The war has just ended, mm. and they're on like a little honeymoon. They go to Scotland. And uh, she, like, fucking wanders into the woods and finds, like, a druidic circle of stones. And she touches it. And then she wakes up in, like, 17, uh, what is it? I don't know. 17, the 17, early 1740s, I believe. Okay. Rule number one of wandering the woods in Scotland. Yeah. And it was at night, too. It was like, bro, what's going on? It called to her or something. I I don't remember. I watched it a while ago. Mm. The season one finale, frankly, scarred me. I didn't want to watch it anymore. (laughs) Listeners, you know what I'm talking about if you've seen it. Uh, but, okay. Anyway, Battle of Culloden. So this is called the Jacobite Rebellion. Jacobite, I guess you could say Jacob. So they're like, you know what? We're going to have one last fight for, like, our independence. Because, like, this is just too much. And uh, the battle lasts under an hour. <laughs> the rebellion is just completely crushed. And that is, like, the end of uh, violent rebellion. Hmm. Like major violent rebellion in Scottish history against yeah, that's the a, UK. That's a fat L to take. Yeah, <laughs> huge fat L. The Can under an hour. Yeah, like that sounds like more of um, hardy, prideful Scots just running into battle, <laughs> into musket fire, and getting an fucking bayoneted. It sounds like more of a massacre. Yeah, it pretty much was. Hmm. It pretty much was. Uh, it's crushed in battle in under an hour. Scottish independence. Um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now we get to the fun stuff, too. Shortly after the Jacobite Rebellion, England's like, listen, these guys are just wacky. We need to take away more <laughs> of their rights. 
don't deserve the right to be wacky. (laughs) (laughs) The highlands of Scotland were assimilated. (laughs) Um, Traditional Scottish attire was outlawed. You couldn't wear your traditional garb. You You can wear your kilts? Uh, I don't know if it was... There was a name for it. I didn't write it down, though. You could do some things to the Scots, but you can't make them tuck their balls away. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Uh, On top of that, clan chieftains, they were revoked of all jurisdictions and rights of chieftains. (laughs) So they they lost everything in this final rebellion, pretty much. And they were just Britain's bitch. And that kind of almost catches us up to present day. Before we get there, though, there's the 1750s. Well, okay, the 1600s were obviously awful for, um, no, not the 16. The 1700s were awful. Uh, the 1800s were also awful. Some could even say the 1900s were awful <laughs> for Scottish it's... Scottish and Irish people. Um, but um, I think that goes for anyone yeah. that was, you know, under Britain's thumb. Exactly. And, yeah, it's bad enough that they're neighbors and can't revolt. Oh, man, so they were they're like... Fucked. Fucking yeah. teacher's pet there. Yeah, they were. <laughs> you know, India tries but, yeah. something, they probably I mean, just it beat was, Scotland in front of it's, them. It's awful, but essentially indentured servitude, not slavery. There's a difference, contractually speaking. Contractually, <laughs> technically. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was not a good time to be a Scot. Uh, but with the 1750s kind of came the enlightenment of like many different Scottish um, Scottish. Uh, influences on the world mm. yeah there's so, a big cultural renaissance during that period yeah right? lots of schools and... uh-huh absolutely and so we have a couple names worth of note here thomas hobbes who wrote leviathan you familiar with thomas hobbes um no basically he posed the question if government could be characterized into any creature what would it be and he said the leviathan <laughs> a big tangled gangrenous mass <laughs> um and so yeah his whole idea of hey well okay so thomas hobbes inspired a lot of um the founding fathers into like how to write the constitution to make like an actual solid government as opposed to kind of this sticky mess that kind of ruled over england at the time does that make sense yes that's very very broad and there's definitely they need to adapt to the times going into it. yeah it's yeah. more of a civics we could get into a civics lesson, but I, I yeah. need to research more on Hobbes. The monarchies of the, the feudal eras, the Middle Ages, they... Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Weren't quite as adapted yeah. for Renaissance period. Exactly. And that's why it's called Renaissance and lots of changes. Mm-hmm. The rebirth. Yes. We also have David Hume, who's a pretty potent philosopher in naturalism. He wrote the Treatise of Human Nature, and basically he was uh, tackling morals, philosophical subjects, using uh, kind of the experimental science of reasoning so basically deduction and induction hmm. fun fact david hume was also a huge racist he believed that four races exist and man white man was at the top <laughs> and black people were nothing more than ingrate apes pretty much huge racist pretty wild and that's <laughs> moral reasoning guy moral is reasoning. what he's known as that's his <laughs> that's Isn't what that remembers this guy uh-huh. yeah uh, but truly, like his work, his naturalism work is uh, fairly impressive. His philosophy was good. His personal beliefs on race were <laughs> horrendous. Dude, I mean, everyone likes Braveheart. <laughs> true. Sometimes you just gotta disassociate it. Oh, it's true. It's true. Or Mad Max, the old Mad Maxes. Great movies. Great movies. Hell, dude, even signs. Was it? Was it in Waterworld. I don't know. Waterworld. 
He could be. That, that might be Kevin yeah. Costner. He's a good actor. He's great. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> he acted not racist for so long. <laughs> Oscar worthy. <laughs> That's bad. Okay. Uh, one last person of note during this Renaissance Enlightenment era would be Adam Smith. You familiar with him? I do know Adam Smith. Yeah, the father of economics slash capitalism. Uh, he basically. What a fucking guy. Yeah. No, he, yeah, I know. <laughs> Take note, libs. <laughs> but uh, The Wealth of Nations is his like, most famous book, and he basically just talks about the fundamentals of economy, supply and demand, basically how nations are wealthy with bonds, loans, etc. He, he fathered economics pretty much. The world runs on credit. Today. Yeah. yeah, pretty fucking crazy. This kind of brings us up to speed. Um, aside from a few British atrocities that I'm sure we're going to get into. On yeah, we'll, we'll cover them. Yeah. It's kind of like the, it's like the last season. Like you can't drop all the British and American atrocities no. in one episode. No, we gotta. <laughs> you get burned out. You gotta space them out. Exactly. We really gotta, we gotta send home the point that history is just brutal and mean and, uh, racist. Suffering is, yeah. is the only human constant. It is true. Okay, that's all I got. But for anyway, thanks so much for listening. Yeah. <laughs> suffer, suffer, listeners, suffer away. Tough you got idea. anything else to add? Any fun um, I just the uh, what is it the the parliament? I liked how I believe it was during the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. uh, before the governments were unified. There was the one king, or who was the king? I believe it was Edward, or maybe the one right after Edward. Which for uh, what what? context are you talking about? I am referring to, I believe this is post-conquering of Scotland, but he still regarded them as two separate nations. He just oh. happened to rule over both of them. Gotcha. It was like some weird hegemist thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to unify these nations. And then he just, nothing changed. Nothing changed. <laughs> they just changed the name. They were doing the same shit the entire time. Yeah. I thought okay. that was funny. I like how even after you discussed um, the attempts at violent rebellions, there are still still many not violent ones that yeah. the Scots tried. Many numerous appeals. Oh, they tried to. to act, yeah, they were civil people. They weren't barbarians yeah. as the English painted them as. They're like, all right, you made us fucking civilized by yeah. our standards. Hey, I can learn to read and write. This is kind of cool. Now let's talk about it. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Like the yeah. It's like the Cherokee. <laughs> rights who? Rights who? <laughs> they're like, can we have some rights? And they're like, yeah, how about we rights to your mom? Got them. <laughs> Get right. King stamp. Yeah. <laughs> how about we rights you an arrest warrant? What was the most recent, <laughs> I believe Scottish Parliament, their most recent addendum to become independent or to leave the... Yeah. To secede from the... It was a Brexit, wasn't it? No, that was Britain leaving the EU. Oh, This one was in 2014. Right. Yeah, this yeah, This was yeah. a Scottish addendum to leave... Uh, Great Britain, that's what it's called. Uh-huh. Great Britain was in all of them. Yeah. They wanted to leave that. <laughs> yeah. Don't think it went anywhere. No. They voted, they voted, uh, ultimately the majority voted no. But it was pretty fucking neck and neck. So like, like there's still this generational fucking disdain. Generational trauma, that's a yeah. real thing. It really is. You'll, yeah. I feel like the more history I learn, the more I'm like, wow, this is just like, <laughs> what we're experiencing is nothing really new. <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's just kind of been going on like this for literal centuries, millennia. It's the human condition. Yeah. Wild. Born too late to explore the earth. Born too soon to explore the stars. Born just in time to explore Tumblr. 
Thanks for listening, Libs. <laughs> Libsiners. Libsiners. For those who refer to it as BC and AD. <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out. Shout out traditionalists. <laughs> for real listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Always Hope so much fun. Enjoy this nonfiction lore. Yes. We live for it. Yeah. Gives me purpose. <laughs> Keeps me going. Keeps me going. We'll see you next week. Post yeah. some dank memes in our social media. God knows we won't. Bye. Yeah.